Hello and welcome to another episode of Covenant and Conversation with me, Rabbi Sachs. In each new episode, we'll explore a Jewish idea from the Hebrew Bible based on the Torah reading of the week. Three versions of Shabbat. There's something unique about the way Parshat Emor speaks about Shabbat. It calls it a Moed and a Mikra Kodesh, when in the conventional sense of these words, it's neither. Moed means an appointed time with a fixed date on the calendar. Mikra Kodesh means either a sacred assembly, a time at which the nation gathered at the central sanctuary, or a day made holy by proclamation, that is, through the human court's determination of the calendar. And Shabbat is neither of those things. It has no fixed date on the calendar. It's not a time of national assembly. It is not a day made holy by proclamation of the human court. Shabbat was the day made holy by God himself at the beginning of time. The explanation lies in the context in which the passage containing these terms appears. The chapters of the Torah whose primary theme is holiness. The radical claim made in these chapters is that holiness, a term normally reserved for God, can be acquired by human beings when they act like God. The festivals stand to Shabbat, the way the sanctuary stands to the universe. Both are humanly created domains of holiness, constructed on the model of divine creation and sanctification as they appear at the beginning of Genesis. By inviting human beings to create a sanctuary, and determine the monthly and yearly calendar, God invests us with the dignity of a holiness that we haven't just received passively as a gift, but actively acquired as co-creators with God. Mikra Kodesh and Moed, as they appear in Leviticus, have an extra sense that they don't bear elsewhere because they remind us of the opening verse of the book of Vayikra. He called Vayikra to Moses, and the Lord spoke to him, Baohel Moed, in the tent of meeting. The focus on Mikra, Mikra Kodesh, and Vayikra, it's the same verb, as a call, and Moed, as meeting. These two terms that are used of Shabbat are used in the very opening sentence of the book of Vayikra. And when the Torah uses these words uniquely in this chapter to apply to Shabbat as well as the festivals, it is focusing on the encounter between God and humanity in the arena of time. Whether it is God's call to us or our call to him, whether God initiates the meeting or we do, holy time becomes a lover's rendezvous, a still point in the turning world where lover and beloved, creator and creation, Make time for one another and know one another in the special form of knowledge that we call love. If this is so, what does Pasha Samad tell us about Shabbos that we don't learn elsewhere? The answer becomes very clear when we look at the other two, two other passages, the two versions of the Ten Commandments as they appear in Sefer Shemot and Sefer Dvarim. Famously, the wording of the two versions of the Shabbat command are different. In the book of Exodus, 
It begins with the word Zachor. In Devarim, it begins with Shamor. But they differ more profoundly in their very understanding and the, of the nature and significance of the day. Here is the uh, explanation of Shabbat in the book of Shemot. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. According to that, Shabbos is a reminder of creation. The text in Devarim gives a very different account. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Here there's no reference to creation. Instead, the Torah is talking about history, about the Exodus. We keep Shabbos not because God rested on the seventh day, but because he took our ancestors out of Egypt from slavery to freedom. Therefore, Shabbat is the day of freedom. Even for servants, even for animals, one day in seven, no one is a slave. Of course, both are true. And we integrate both accounts into the text of the Kiddush we make on Friday night. We call Shabbat Zikaron Lamasebereshit, a reminder of creation, and Zecha Litziat Mitzrayim, a reminder of the Exodus. However, once we set the text in, in uh, Emor, together with those two, we now see a much richer pattern. Because if you listen carefully, you can hear in these three different accounts of Shabbat the three primary voices in Torah. Those of the king, the priest, and the prophet. The king speaks the language of Chochmah, of wisdom. The priest speaks the language of revelation. And the prophet speaks the language of redemption. And that, those three are the three aspects of Shabbat, which we will now see. First of all, wisdom, the language of kings. Wisdom is the ability to see God in creation. How many are your works, O Lord, you've made them all in wisdom. That means seeing God in creation. Revelation, the speciality of the priest, is the ability to hear God in the form of the commanding voice, obviously in the form of law, and God spoke, and God said, and God commanded. Revelation isn't a matter of seeing, but of listening. And then the prophet came along and found God in the road to redemption. Creation, revelation, and redemption are the three basic relationships within which Judaism and human life has said creation is God's relationship to the world. Revelation is God's relationship with us. And when you apply revelation to creation, the result is redemption, a world in which God's will and ours coincide. Now you understand why the Torah contains three distinct accounts of Shabbat. The account in Shemot is about creation. Shabbat is because in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and rested on the seventh day. The account in the, um, in, in the second version of the Ten Commandments is about redemption. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out. He redeemed us. That is God in history. And the Parshat Amor account in this week's Parsha is the Shabbat 
of revelation. In Revelation, God calls to humankind. That's why the middle book of the Torah in which this is set begins with the word Vayikra, and he called. And he calls us to a meeting. And that is why uniquely in Parshat Emor, not in Shemot or in Devarim, but specifically in Vayikra, in the priestly book, we talk about Shabbat as a Mikra Kodesh, something that is called a holy uh, proclamation, and it is a Moed, it's the call to a meeting. And uh, that is exactly what Shabbat is for the book of Vayikra and for the priest. It's what Yehuda Halevi said when he said it, that on Shabbos it's as if God had personally invited us to be dinner guests at his table. The Shabbos of Revelation doesn't look back to the birth of the universe, to creation. It doesn't look forward to future redemption. It simply celebrates the present moment as our moed, our private time with God. It represents, to quote a famous book, the power of now. Not only is this threefold structure set out in Torah, it's even embodied in the prayers of Shabbat. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Shabbos is the only day of the year in which evening, morning and afternoon prayers are different from one another. In the Friday night Amida, we talk about the Shabbos of creation. You sanctified the seventh day for your namesake as the culmination of the creation of heaven and earth. On Shabbat morning, we speak about the Shabbos of revelation. Yismach Moshe b'matnat chalko. This was Moses at Mount Sinai, rejoicing at the gift of his portion, bringing down the tablets of stone on which was engraved the command of Shabbat. And on Shabbat afternoon, we look forward to the ultimate redemption when Ata Echad, Veshimcha Echad, Umikamcha Yisrael, Gai Echad Ba'aretz, you are one, your name is one, and who is like your people Israel, one nation on earth. So creation, revelation, and redemption form the basic triad of Jewish faith. They're also the most fundamental structuring principle of Jewish prayer. And nowhere is this clearer in, than in the way the Torah understands Shabbat. One day with three dimensions, experienced successively in the experiences of evening, morning and afternoon. What is fragmented in secular culture into science, religion and politics is here united in the transforming experience of God who created the universe, whose presence fills our home with light, and who will one day lead us to a world of freedom, justice and peace. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. You can download a written version of my commentary and explore all my additional content by visiting www.rabbisax.org This year, we also have an accompanying family edition of Covenant and Conversation aimed at connecting children and teenagers with these ideas and thoughts. For a family edition discussion sheet on this week's parasha, please go to www.rabbisax.org slash cc family edition.